Hi, this is Tony Dennison, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hey, welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 141. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is your weekly look into what's coming your way as far as movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week, my guest is Tony Dennison from The Closer. Tony, of course, plays Lieutenant Andy Flynn on the show, and he also starred in Crime Story back in 1986 and 1988, and he was mob boss Ray Luca. And Tony's going to be joining us in a few minutes. So I hope you're going to stick around for that. And this week, we are going to we'll give you an idea of what's being downloaded the most at On Screen and Beyond. Which interviews, okay? And this week, the top downloaded interviews, other than the week's featured guests, okay? So other than last week's guests, uh, this is who was downloaded the most. And number four most downloaded uh, interview was Charles Fox from... Episode 128 of On Screen and Beyond. He, of course, is a composer of TV theme songs, including Happy Days, Love American Style, and so many more. And he was also the composer of the hit song Killing Me Softly. So you can check those out. And the number three downloaded uh, interview was Bailey Chase of Saving Grace and, of course, his new movie Dark Metropolis. And the number two downloaded uh, interview from On Screen and Beyond was Kevin Sorbo, episode 127. And, of course, Kevin was Hercules, and he was also in Andromeda. And the number one downloaded interview on On Screen and Beyond this week, other than the weekly guest of that week, it was Yvonne Craig from episode 118. She, of course, was Batgirl from the Batman TV series in the 60s, and she was also in a lot of Elvis movies. So you can check those out. Next week, I'll give you another rundown of what... Uh, what shows or episodes or celebrities were downloaded the most. And also, I want to remind you that a new contest is going to be coming your way. I'm really excited about this. It's going to be happening on the first week of January. All right, so you can start the new year off with your chance to win from On Screen and Beyond. And we've teamed up with Shout Factory, okay? And they got some great DVDs, and we're going to be giving away some stuff. Okay, so stick around for that. We'll give you more information as we go along. But it's going to be happening the first week of January, starting the new year off right. All right, let's check it out right now. Remake Madness. Find out what's coming your way as far as remakes right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness. Well, it looks like an Aquaman movie is in the works. Going to remake that into a movie. And also a modern take on Frankenstein. The Frankenstein story is in the works, okay? Well, in fact, it's not just one. There are several renditions of Frankenstein that are being developed, okay? Including a teen version, okay? So I guess it's going to be like, uh, what, uh, uh, you know, Twilight for teens or something? I, I don't know. Uh, with Frankenstein? Who knows? Anyways, uh, we'll keep an eye if any of them actually do get made, but they are in development and let's see and on again off again you know three stooges keeps going back and forth whether they're going to do it whether or not who's going to be in it uh well it's back on and they're hoping to shoot in march and the Farley Brothers promised the highest level of slapstick in that one. Uh, but there's no word of who's going to be in it. So we'll have to wait and see. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next, upcoming movies right here on On Screen and Beyond. 
Upcoming movies. Well, speaking of Twilight, Taylor Lautner is said to be starring in a film called Incarceron. It's about a 17-year-old named Finn who lives in a brutal prison in the future. And his intent is to escape with the warden's daughter, no less. Okay, so we'll keep an eye on that one. And let's see, a mystery thriller called The Maze Runner is looking at a 2013 release. It's about a group of teens surviving in a strange enclosed environment. And the only way out is through a maze. And Will Ferrell will star in an untitled political comedy in 2012. It's about two presidential candidates. Jay Roach is going to be directing that one. And that's it for upcoming movie sequels next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sequel City. Well, Billy Bob Thornton says he would love to do a sequel to Bad Santa. And he says there has been talks of it being done, so we'll keep an eye out for that. And the prequel to The Thing now has an official release date. It is October 14th, 2011. Of course, things can change. And plans are in development for a sequel to Flubber, the 1997 remake with Robin Williams, which was a remake of the 60s original with Fred McMurray. And yes, if it's made, it will be in 3D, they say. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next, what's coming your way as far as... TV on DVD, right here on On Screen and Beyond. TV on DVD, well, it looks like on January 18th, you can check out Stingray, the complete series. It lands on DVD then, and uh, it's about the car and all that. And let's see, uh, March 22nd, the Scarecrow and Mrs. King comes home to DVD with Bruce Boxleitner and Kate Jackson. And on March 8th, look for AMC's The Walking Dead Season 1 as it hits stores. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Movies on DVD. Movies coming your way on DVD. Well, it looks like Disney Secretariat will come to DVD on January 25th. And Megamind with Will Ferrell will hit stores in March. And in February, you can look for Due Date with Robert Downey Jr. And it arrives on DVD at that time. That's about it for Movies on DVD. Next on On Screen to Be On, our interview with Tony Dennison, who plays Lieutenant Andy Flynn on The Closer. He's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, we have with us an actor who in the 80s was one of the stars of Crime Story, but today most people know him as Lieutenant Andy Flynn on the hit show The Closer. It's Tony Dennison. Tony, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hi. Thank you. It's good, it's good to be on screen and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tony, it's good to talk with you, and uh, it looks like it's another season of The Closer that's going to be starting up, and uh, uh, your role seems to be starting off with a bang, right? Yeah, this, uh, you know, we do this thing, which is really cool. We do the, what they call the summer episodes, I guess, and then there's a 
couple of months break, and then they do the winter episodes. And the uh, this is the first of the five winter episodes. And uh, my character in this first episode has got a really great, I mean, a really a lot of interesting things to do. Mm. You know, number one, saving his life. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's a start. <laughs> so, uh, I know you can't give us uh, too much information about what's going to be going on, but uh, uh, will your character be continuing with uh, some some major storylines here? Well, no, I mean, we have an ensemble cast. Right. And we'll always have an ensemble cast. And sometimes, even though Kira is the lead of the show, clearly, right. I mean, she she's so wonderful how she just plays herself into the ensemble. So we all, like, sort of, we just like act where you know we're we're in the episode together on Moss, mm-hmm. and sometimes you know we'll have some extra one or one or two of us will have some extra things to do. I mean, I know that they're so generous in how they allow G.W. Bailey and myself to have a lot of comic moments, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and have our like separate story going. Uh, Peter Roth once referred to us as Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, you know. Um, Peter Roth is ahead of Warner Brothers, but uh, we're kind of like this, you know, we're like these two guys, and we have such a great, I mean, I, I love GW. He's a wonderful man. He does wonderful work in his, you know, in his career and also in his private life. He works with kids with cancer, Sunshine Kids. And um, we have this great rapport. That, you know, we, we can be, people will come up to us, and they don't know if we're laughing because we're talking about something outside of the show or we're laughing because we're trying to think of something funny to do in the show. <laughs> Uh, you know, but we're, 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 we have a wonderful time together. And uh, and so they, the, the producers, James Duff, the executive producer who created the show, he's very generous in that regard. And he just allows us to, uh, you know, to, you know to, to go for it. Yeah. And so- Kira, you know, you would think with all of the dialogue that she has every episode, I mean, she does like a, a mini version of Hamlet every week. Right. Uh, she's so willing to try different things and improvise and, you know, and it's, it's great. I mean, you can't ask for anything more than that. Yeah. I mean, if she turned around and said, hey, guys, look, i got so much dialogue, let's just stick to what's written. She doesn't do that, which is amazing. Hmm. So, so do you get a, a lot of input into, uh, you know, like you say, you and uh, getting the, the characters to do a, a, a little extra jokes or things like that? Do you, or is that well, all scripted? Well, what happens is... Um, we will do, you know, we'll do the read-through before we do a blocking. Mm-hmm. And as we're doing, you know, we may joke while we're doing the read-through, and like we'll throw in an ad-lib or something. And James, if he's there, or, or the, the director, or the writers, usually there's the two, one or two writers on the set, and they'll go, oh, well, that's really cool. And then they'll come over to us and they'll say, hey, you know what? Um, let's try this instead. But let's, but having commenting on the other person's comment is we like that yeah so um so anyway so that's yeah that sounds great that you know it gives you a chance to to put a little input into the character and things right it's a good it's a good place to be it's a good place to be they're very it's very collaborative but you know at the same time you know the scripts are wonderful and it's right. no, no no accident that we're like the number one show on cable right yeah. years in a row yeah. uh you know it's apart from the really great scripts, which are the plots are like really involved, mm-hmm. and uh, you know this really wonderful ensemble cast, and then of course Kira, 
Yeah. You now, know? and you mentioned the ensemble cast. Um, you know, I mean, it's quite a cast, and obviously, I mean, for three years in a row, you've been nominated for the SAG Awards for outstanding performance by an ensemble in a drama series. It's a, it's a long right. title, but. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get the nomination again. I mean, I don't know when they announced them. I guess either probably late December, I think, right? Yeah, I think so, isn't it? Yeah, uh, but I mean that's amazing to to be nominated that that many times in a row. I mean, it obviously shows that the show is a, a great show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It's, a, it's I mean, you know, all actors say, um, you know, well, well. Uh, you know, it's a great show. I'm happy to be a part of it. You know, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it is. It's a great show, and I, I love being a part of it. And um, you know, it's like I said, we're in our we finished. We just finished our sixth year, and uh, we go to year seven starting the end of March. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like okay. And if we do more years beyond that, super duper. Yeah. When do you usually find out if your, your show is going to continue on? Beyond the seventh year? Beyond the seventh year, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess... <laughs> oh, at any time they might tell you? Yeah, sure. They could, they could let us know now. I mean... Oh, oh, oh. I, I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't sure I mean, if there they, was a date, you know, or anything like that that they... No, no, no. A date certain that they do that? No. No, they don't. They, 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 just, they, they basically, at some point during the year, you know, they'll come to the set, and like Kira will say, oh, we have an announcement, you know, and... They'll stop, they'll stop shooting or whatever, rehearsing or whatever, and then Kira will say, well, I just, I've just been, been informed by TNT that, you know, they're going to pick us up for next year. Mm-hmm. And everybody goes, hey, you know, <laughs> that's basically how we do it. So when it happens, we don't know. It, it usually happens during the year in which we're doing the show. Yeah. But, you know, we've been, they've been doing it every year for six years. So. Right, yeah, yeah. So I, we know I, I was talking, uh, sorry, go ahead. That's it. We know that there's a seventh because Kira made the announcement. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny, I was talking with another uh, actor from another show, and uh, they had you know, been on for a couple of years, and they said when, one time they were called in, and they were all expecting to hear the next you know, season was going to be you know, continued, because they were doing good in the ratings, and they said, that's it, <laughs> closing up. <laughs> it's not a <laughs> yeah, good thing no, to hear. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's like a little, there's no reason, there's no rhyme the reason for why a movie is the number one box office movie or given all the other movies that open at the same time right uh nobody knows the formula yeah if they did every movie then they, every movie they make would be number one that's right if that's everybody right. knew the if everybody knew the formulas for television then every tv show would be tied for first place that's right yeah, yeah. how nobody did you knows. how did you get the part uh for uh, uh lieutenant flynn on the show well uh, i know james duff for a long time he's a, he's a close friend uh and um you know, he, he likes to see, he calls me his older brother. Uh, but James, um, James was doing this series. I was, I forgot, I was, I think I was just finishing up the football series and didn't know if the football series was going to go. I was doing Playmakers for, for ESPN. Mm-hmm. And then what happened was um, they were shooting the, 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 the football series was canceled. And then James asked me if I would guest star on the pilot. And I was like, yeah, okay, fine. So I guest starred on the pilot. The network really liked what I did. And, um, and you know, obviously James did. And the network said, let's keep Tony on, uh, you know, let's have him reoccur. Mm-hmm. So, I, so the first year I was on, of the, we were only doing 12 episodes then, so I was in like nine of the 12. And then TNT told James, hey, 
we got to have this guy on every episode. So then they made me a regular. Huh. And at one time you were uh, doing reoccurring roles on Prison Break also at the same time. Is that, at the very same time, yes. Is that difficult uh, to do that? No, no, not, not at all. Because uh, the, the closer shoots between, you know, March and uh, September, or March and October. Mm-hmm. So James was only too glad, only too happy to allow me to do Prison Breaks. But it, they couldn't overlap. I mean, you know, I my primary place between those months is on the closer, except if we're on like a little mini week. week sometimes you get these like uh, hiatuses, like for a week. Right. The writers can recharge their their cells, and you know the actors get a little break, and the crew gets a little break. Yeah. But uh, if, a, if something comes up that I can shoot within the confines of that week, you're fine. But as long as it didn't interfere with the the, the closer. Uh, James and TNT were very happy to have me be on, uh, you know, be on another series. But again, I was, wasn't going to be a regular on the other series. It was just going to be a reoccurring. Right. Yeah. Regular. Yeah. Huh. So you know, and at the end of the day, as James put it, he goes, "How can it hurt?" You know, the close. I mean, the uh, Prison Break was a popular show at the time. She said, "So how does it hurt having Tony uh, show up on Prison Break and say, oh, that's the guy from the Closer,' <laughs> or hey, this guy's also on the Closer? Let's watch the closer. Same thing with." With, J, with J.K. when he was doing Spider-Man, it was like, yeah, they made it possible for him to do Spider-Man because Spider-Man was such a success that people would say, oh, you know, let's watch, let's watch the closer. That guy who played the editor uh, of the newspaper on the Spider-Man is on the closer, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. You know, hmm. People might watch the closer and say, oh, that guy is great, and so they'll go watch Spider-Man. Yeah. Know, or whatever. So it works vice versa. Hmm. And when when you were on in the eighties, you were on, of course, the cr- crime story. Um, yeah. How did that role role come about for you? Well, that was pardon me. I got I got recommended uh, by my acting coach uh, Julie Vavasso, who is sadly she's gone now. She's gone a while. She played John Travolta's mother on Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Fever, Fever, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And a wonderful actress. And she was my my, my teacher at the time. And she recommended me to Bonnie Timmerman. Bonnie Timmerman, you know, again, took a a chance because I had no footage. I was basically a stage actor at the time. I hadn't really done any film that I could say, here's my reel. Right, yeah. Uh, So Bonnie Timmerman took a big chance. But she liked what I did. She sent my audition tape out to Michael Mann. Michael Mann really, really liked it. And he, they flew me out to, to L.A. three days later, and I'm reading for Michael Mann and NBC. And and uh, that day, the day of the audition, they told me I got the part. Hmm. Two days later, I'm in Chicago getting ready to, uh, you know, rehearse the uh, the first week, and then a week later we were shooting the episode. Huh. Shooting the pilot. Yeah. I mean, it was like... You know, I didn't have a chance to, you know, my head, my head literally was spinning. Yeah, I can imagine. Geez. Yeah. So, you know, Bonnie Timmerman, you know, Michael Mann, and, of course, Julie Bravasso were instrumental in uh, helping launch my career. Hmm. Now, you say you, you were doing uh, stage acting before. Um, so w- was stage strictly what you were doing before you actually got on any TV or movies? So it was before I did before I got Crime Story. I had no, I had not been on. Oh, so Crime Story was the first. Crime Story was my first time in film. Oh, wow! I mean, as you know, first time on 
you know, on television doing a, doing a show. Yeah. Huh. You know? Yeah. And uh, so that was my sort of my introduction. So and, now looking back, do you prefer stage, uh, you know, the, the immediate response from your, your, your people who are watching or TV or film? Uh, well, each one is a different discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I haven't done a play in quite a few years, and I really miss it. Really, yeah. And so I'm hoping, I was hoping that this year on hiatus I could do a play, uh, you know, because I have the time, you know, and uh, but this really interesting movie came along that they want me to do and it shoots in San Francisco called Trattoria. So I do that in January. Mm-hmm. I get back, and unless I can get a play off the ground and have it go like in the beginning of March, it's unlikely I can do a play. But maybe next hiatus uh, I, I can do a play. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but I love doing theater. I mean, I really do. It's like my first love in, in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I got I got no kicks whatsoever when it comes to working on television or feature films. It's it's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dis- just a it's a different discipline. Right. right. Yeah. Did um, you mentioned that that film that you're going to be filming? Uh, can you give us an idea what it's about, or is it uh, not yet available to talk about? Well. Yeah, it's about a man who owns an, a, he's an Italian guy. He owns a restaurant in uh, San Francisco, and he's like, you know, he's like addicted to his restaurant. And it's a successful restaurant, but it's yet to be reviewed or gotten, you know, he's hell-bent on getting a Michelin star. <clears throat> and, um, and, you know... Um, you know, I just, uh, and, and his son comes back into his life. He has a 20-year-old son who had been estranged for a while and came back. And it's this convergence of mm-hmm. all of this happening in his life at the same time. Um, and it's, um, you know, and it's also about cooking and food and, you know, and all the machinations that go on in and around a restaurant. So mm-hmm. it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, sounds interesting. Uh, yeah. Can, can I mean, it's, not, it's not a comedy, per se, yeah. but there are a lot of comic moments in it. Yeah. Uh, I also noticed that you, you have some films out in uh, post-production right now. Um, any that you can tell us about, like uh, Answers to Nothing or The, uh, or the Obama Answers Effect? Answers to Nothing is directed by uh, Matt Lutwaller, who directed a movie called uh, Roadkill that I did years ago uh, with my one of my dearest friends in the world, Eric Palladino. And uh, I don't know when that gets released. I know it's getting soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I basically, all I did was, a, like, you know, a, a cameo. Matt asked me if I would just do this, like, really nice cameo scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, yeah, sure. So, you know, I went, showed up, worked literally one afternoon, and then went home. Uh, and then the other one, I did the Obama effect. Uh, I don't know what's happening with that. That was uh, Charles Dutton starred and directed it. And I haven't heard anything, you know, as to when they're going to try to release it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's an interesting story about a guy who gives up his job to campaign and he's so happy that, you know, like Obama is running for office. And, and so there's, you know, all of that going on. And, uh, and I play a friend of his. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a nice story. So we'll see what happens. Again, like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just curious because I saw that uh, that and uh, oh, there was one other one, uh, Pizza Man. Oh, Pizza Man! That I just shot like about five months ago. I mean, no, I shot right before we started uh, 
the closer for the year six. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and I didn't, I, I actually was on Facebook, and there's a girl who played uh, the love interest of the lead guy, Frankie Mianez. Right. And uh, she, she, she was like, hey, how you doing? I said, okay, not bad, how are you? And, uh, and I said, any word yet on Pizza Man? She goes, no, nothing yet. She said, um, she goes, I spoke to somebody from the show, and they said there's going to be a website coming up pretty soon. And, uh, but nobody's done any, you know, uh, looping or any, you know, uh, post-production work yet on as far as actors that I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, it was a funny story. So if it works, it could be, it could be, a, it could be a cute movie to watch. Huh. And uh, I noticed that in, in a lot of your films, especially you know your earlier films and TV show appearances, you're usually uh, either the cop or the uh, bad guy. Right. <laughs> it, it, was that uh, is that something that just it just happened to come that way, or people you know the directors and producers like like your look as far as a, uh, an investigator or a crook? Or <laughs> well, it's funny because most of the theater that I did in New York, like before Crime Story. I did a lot of like you know romantic comedies. Oh really? And yeah, and so when I got Crime Story, and I was telling some New York friends about, oh, I just got cast in this, and I play this like you know this really hard-edged mafia don who kills like ten people in the pilot, <laughs> and, and they're like you. <laughs> and I said, yeah. They go, you're such a nice guy. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, hey, I'm an actor. You know, they said, yeah, I know, but they said, oh, that'll be cool. You know. Hmm. And then after I did Crime Story, it was so hard for people. People would used to think that I was really uh, a gangster. Right. I had gone straight and became an actor. <laughs> so, you know, it was when I would go up for, for uh, you know, romantic comedies, they were like, him? No. <laughs> you know. But it was hard. I mean, I finally got a couple, but it was hard. Yeah. See, that's trouble. When you, you're such a good actor, everybody believes that you are that type of person. That's a trouble. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And you also, I noticed that you played um, two living, uh, two actual people, uh, Joey Buttafuoco, and you played uh, John Gotti. Was it difficult playing a, a real person? Um, yes and no. I mean, you go with, like, on the Joey Buttafuoco, uh, that particular script. I was, interestingly enough, I was off at all three shows, and, and I didn't know anything about Joey Buttafuoco. I was out of the country shooting a movie in Thailand. Uh-huh. Yeah. When I got back, it was up on the time. I got back like in November, and all of a sudden I get all these offers, and I'm like, "Who the hell is Joey Botafuco? <laughs> what, what, what the hell is this all about?" So I started reading this story, and the, and the reason why I chose the one that I chose was because the other two, one said that Amy was completely crazy, and Joey and Mary Jo were innocent, you know, yeah. uh, participants or bystanders, and the other one said that Joey was a complete lothario, uh, you know basically a rapist, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one said, well, we're not sure because we don't have any proof, but this is what Amy said happened, and this is what Joey said happened. Yeah. So you get an opportunity to see, well, the what ifs. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's, that to me seemed like it made the most sense. Though, in, you know, like when in reading all of the stuff, it said, I had a feeling that, like, Joey was guilty. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know, it's not my job to, to you know, to say that he is. Right, you know, yeah. Absent, absent any proof to the contrary. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I go, so, but in terms of, so when I was able to do the one I did, where we were, where it was, you know, when Drew Barrymore who was playing Amy, when her character was telling you, this is what Joey said, this is what Joey did, I got to be able to do it completely, you know, unabashed, because it was, in a sense, really her fantasy. Yeah. So I, if she said I was this and I was that, I could play that without having to worry that I'm making a choice. It's her choice and her her recollection. Yeah. And it's the same thing making my choice for him and his recollection. So it was rather interesting. And then what was happening for real around them, uh, nobody knew for sure what he was thinking. And so I was able to capitalize on that as an actor, and I, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, you know, as far as, um, you know, it was the highest rated TV movie of the year. Right, oh yeah. Uh, you know, the one I did with, with Drew Barrymore. And then the uh, other one, the John Gotti, uh, I just thought it was a really interesting story. Uh, <clears throat> Gotti was a, for whatever his, you know, his, 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 uh, sort of his lot in life is about, um, these are very tragic figures, mm-hmm. you know, um, yep. and, you know, Shakespearean sometimes. I mean, even though the, somebody would argue it's me in terms of the language, <laughs> but I mean, there is, uh, you know, this, it's this quest it's trying to be a king, you know, what happens when he's like, he tried to become a king, you know, there was the, the stuff with the, um, with the with the with the, bo- the boss before him, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and uh, and him him trying to take over, yeah, you know, and running this this empire like you know in a sense, not necessarily like like Macbeth, but like a lot of those guys, yeah, yeah, and 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 it was and he was doomed from the get go, hmm. you know, yeah. Now, when you were a child growing up, uh, is acting what you wanted to do, or was there no, something else? Well, acting was the last thing in the world I ever thought about doing. Really? My mother, God rest her soul, used to say that I should be an actor because I was such a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I got in a jam, I was always <laughs> able to find some, like, uh, really, really, you know, funny way out of it. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but, you know, a lot of times my mother would just look at me and go, all right, Anthony, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, but, uh, um, but she used to say, you know, you ought to be an actor, but, the thought of getting up in front of stage in front of a lot of people and performing was like, I mean, it was like a near-death experience in terms of being afraid. Yeah, yeah. And then one time I just was out of work. The newspaper editor, I was out of work, and I decided to take some extracurricular classes at college where I graduated from school, uh, State University of New York at New Paltz. And there was a class, two classes that were interesting, interesting me, interesting to me. One was photography, and the other one was acting. I didn't have money to buy a camera, 
because I was, you know, I was unemployed, so it was my, my, my budget was really tight. Right. And um, um, the acting seemed like, hey, you know, what the heck, I got nothing else to do. So I did it as a lark. Hmm. And the teacher's name was Fred Douglas DeMeo, really nice guy. Uh, he kept saying to me, you know, you got something, you got something. And I'm okay. So he asked me if I would do a scene uh, from Death of a Salesman with him for community night for the continuing education program. There was going to be dance recital. There was going to be a four-piece you know, quartet recital, poetry, then like a 15-piece orchestra, orchestra, the whole, you know, the whole nine yards. And it was the end of the evening. I'm so tired. All of my, my, my New York accent is coming out. I can hear it. <laughs> uh, the, uh, at the end of the evening, it was a, the scene from Death of a Salesman. So I said, okay, I'll do it. And I remember the night we rehearsed and rehearsed. He was ha- he was Biff. I played Happy. And I remember that night like it was yesterday. And I was down in the dressing room so scared that I contemplated calling in a bomb scare because I thought there's no way I could get out of this. <laughs> so I didn't want to pull the fire alarm because I thought well, people would rush out and maybe get hurt. But if I called in a bomb scare, then they would come in and, like, you know, say the bomb was going to go off in, like, two hours. So they, they would come in and, like, you know, escort the people out, like, very orderly and not tell them what the problem was. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, like, looking at myself in the mirror, and I'm going, I can't do that. This is insane. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I... And they said, Tony, it's time. I went up there. I sat up there on my cot, which was representing the bed. And then, you know, the curtain went up. My legs felt like tree trunks as I walked down stage left, and I had the first line, and I was like breathing, like I was like almost like I was breathing impaired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I get down there, and suddenly I take a breath, and then as I exhale and say the line, first line as you hear that, he's doing it again, referring to the father, Willie Loman, who was down in the kitchen, kitchen yelling and screaming and yep. complaining. As I exhaled, I could he- feel people in the audience exhaling with me. And then as I took in my next breath to say my next line, I could feel the audience like sort of like in sync with me, breathing with me. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, as I was standing there, I thought to myself, I so love that feeling. I so love being so connected to people on such a kinetic level, an instantaneous kinetic level, yeah. that I thought, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Hmm. Just hit I you. Went about the yeah, I went about the business of trying to make it be something I was going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And we benefit from it because we get to see you, so. <laughs> oh, well, you're very kind. That's so sweet of you to say that. Thank you very much. And, and I mean it, I mean too. That. No, I mean that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I got two more questions for you, and this Go right ahead. this takes us away from basically everything we've talked about, but um, you personally as uh, as just somebody who likes to, you know, or maybe you don't. I don't know. Maybe you don't watch TV. But if you watch TV, uh, what are your favorite TV shows of all time? My favorite TV shows of all time. Okay. Not because I was on it, mm-hmm. but because I don't watch the shows that I'm on until like at least six or seven months after the episodes air. Really? Yeah. But I would have to say Crime Story was tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Odd Couple is another one yeah. of my favorites. Klugman, yeah. Uh, Barney Miller. Yeah. I love Barney Miller. Yeah, good and show. And then, uh, more recently, uh, Gary Shandling. I mean, I thought that show was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
uh, Dexter. Yeah. I like a lot. And a show that I watch, you know, I mean, to the point where people think I need help uh, is Frasier. Frasier? Okay. Yeah, I have every Frasier. I have the Frasier, you know, all the CDs. Yeah. You know, I mean, all the DVDs. I mean, and I just love that show. I just, you know, I mean, there are other shows. I mean, I like Rockford Files, obviously. I mean, who doesn't like Rockford Files? But, um, you know, but but a show that I watch ad infinitum is Frasier. I just love Frasier. Hmm. (laughs) And I also watch, uh, I watch a lot of shows on MSNBC and, uh, you know, and I watch old movies. Yeah, well, that that was my next question. What, I like Countdown. I like Countdown a lot. Yeah, and uh, Hardball, and, and and I really dig this guy Dylan Radigan. I think he's I think he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, what about movies? What are your favorite movies? Oh God, I don't know. You know, I, every time I tell people, oh well, that's on my top twenty-five. So my top twenty-five has got at least a hundred. <laughs> I know uh, what you mean. <laughs> but I would say that of my top. Three movies of all time that I really, really love. It's, uh, I mean, it's an odd collection, certainly, would be uh, not necessarily in this order, mm-hmm. but it would be uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Classic. Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. And one. The Godfather 1 and 2 as like one movie. Yeah. Uh, th- I would say those, those four films together are like, you know, I could sit and watch them Every time they're on. Yeah. But then, you know, there are other movies, too. I mean, like, I love, you know, Casablanca. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I can watch even movies like, you know, Groundhog's Day. I can watch that movie over and over again. You know how, how uh, many people say, tell me, got Groundhog Day? I mean, it, it, that's one yeah. that really comes up an awful lot among actors. Yeah, I mean, like, I love Patton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Lawrence of Arabia, you know, yeah. it's a tremendous movie. Um, there's, you know... It's uh, some like it hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it just—I mean, the list is the list is endless. I, I mean, know. I Requiem for a Heavyweight. I was just talking to somebody the other day, and I said, you know, I said, you know, did you ever see? And I said, oh my God, you know, I, I forgot how much I love Requiem, Requiem for a Heavyweight and A Face in the Crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, my God, what a—I mean, that movie is brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like you look at this movie, you think, holy Toledo. What a, I mean, and it still holds up. Oh, yeah. Network, Network is another wonderful movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, so you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I just, my list is just uh, like I said. There's at least a hundred movies on my top twenty-five list. Yeah. If there was any actor you could act with, who would it be? Who would it be? Who, if you had a chance to just act with any actor that's out there, who would you pick? The three-way tie. Real easy, three-way tie. Okay. Meryl Streep. Yep. Uh, Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. And Morgan Freeman. Three great actors, that's for sure. I mean, those three are so special that they should just call the Academy Award instead of Oscar. They should call it the Shreep Hackman Morgan uh, Freeman Award <laughs> because you know they're eligible to 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 win that every year. I know it. I yeah. Mean, I mean, they're just there's so much fun to watch. Yeah. And you know, and if I ever get the opportunity to to work with one of one of them or all three of them, I would consider myself a very blessed man. But you know, at the same time, people might think, you know, oh, you know, my my other choices of people that I'd love to work with, I'd love to work with James Conn. I mean, oh, yeah. I think Jimmy Conn is like fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I know 
I know James Gardner now is too old, but I would, you know, you know, I know he's not, he's sort of moving real slowly, but right. I mean, I'd like to work, I would love to have worked with, you know, James Gardner. Oh. But I mean, Jimmy Conn, I'd like to work with Jimmy I think Jimmy Conn is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, there's so many actors out there that I like. I mean, I am such a fan of the business that, uh, I mean, I'd like to work with Bill Murray. Yeah. You know, um, I'm such a fan of the business that, um, I, you know, it's like, I, I, my God, I get to do, I get to work or play in something that I love to, I love to participate in by doing and by viewing. Yeah. And um, it's like, how rare is that? Oh, yeah. Jeez. You know, and, uh, you know, I, my, my mom and dad, they're both gone. and They tremendous influence on my life, and they're both blue-collar people, you know, working-class people, immigrants from Sicily. And I tell people that, you know, I like to think of myself as a, a guy with blue-collar values working in a gold-collar profession, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and it's, it, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful life. That's why I love that movie. It's a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. Well, well I, Tony, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. This, this has been fun. And, oh, uh, it's been great for me. Thank you. I, I, I always have a tough time talking about myself. I I sometimes think, you know, there are much more interesting people in the world than me. Well, I'll tell you, our listeners love to hear, you know, all the different actors and, and hear their stories and, and hear everything about them. And, and uh, I'm sure everybody's going to love hearing, you know, that you're going to be on the show and, and, and enjoy the show. Yeah, my life, like I said, my life is great. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sober. I'm in a 12-step program for 17 and a half years. And that's been a really big, giant plus in my life be able to be of service to other people. I work and volunteer time and money with the Sunshine Kids, uh, with G.W. Bailey. Mm-hmm. You know, and I do other, you know, other charitable things because I've got the time and I've got some extra cash. And so why not, you know, give it back to the community in which you live in? That's you know? great. That's really great. So. Yeah. Now, uh, do you uh, do you have websites or anything like that, or Facebook or anything, or? Well, I'm on Facebook, but I uh, but I have a woman who's going to be creating a, a website for me, mm-hmm. uh, and we, hopefully that'll be up before the first of the year. Ah, okay. I don't know how people would find out about it, but I'm sure she'll have it on Facebook yep. and you know elsewhere. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll put a link to your Facebook account, you know, so people can go to it and uh, can get to you and keep keep informed of what you're up to. You got it. Yeah, well, Tony, thank you very much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. I want to thank Tony Dennison for sharing with us at this time of year, a busy time of year, and he took the time to talk to us. Appreciate that very much. And be sure to check out The Closer on TNT, and you can see Tony there. And be sure to check us out on Facebook and MySpace, and you can email us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And it looks like it's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond, so thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next week. Till then, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care.